Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 387. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 238, The Big Dig. That was the name, right? Yep, that was the name. Hilarious. In my notes, I wrote down 238, the, and then I didn't write anything. I'm like, damn it, past Elizabeth. (laughs) Well, this feels like another return to form with Night Vale, a nice little standalone episode where you'll maybe understand some of the names better if you've watched the episodes, but otherwise you can just come into this cold. It's just a surreal little story. We open up with archaeologist Harrison Kipp. He is absolutely certain that there is an archaeological find out in the sand waste. He's not sure where. He just has a feeling. Basically, his bosses at the museum are putting the screws to him. Yeah, he says, <laughs> I mean, he talks about the pressure of finding something on behalf of his bosses and said, yep, I better find something or I'll never see my family again. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so he just, he sets off into the sand waves and then they interview his wife who apparently had a statement about, yes, he's always having to save us from museum curators. It's a dangerous job. I knew that when I married him. Oh, very sweet. <laughs> we go from there to the phone. Fun fact, Science Corner and Cecil today is going to tell all the kids how to make butter. You just need to have some cream and a jar and a cow and a processing plant. It just kind of goes on like that for a while. <laughs> Talking about how you need to learn how to do this and make sure your parents are with you because you've got to show them up. Don't let them know more things than you do. And at some point, you're going to want to move to the big city and get your own job and you won't have to speak to them at all. Maybe you should start that now. The processing plant needs an employee and it's just, it keeps escalating. Yeah, it does. Okay, so Harrison and his team are in the desert and all of his friends are there, including Carlos, which is great. And Cecil says also the members of Kips, he's like, I don't know, I don't want to call it like a church, I don't know, a religious order, but basically all of these people in their same colored onesies are out there helping out as well. Cecil at one point makes this mention of all these people, including hundreds of people that I've never seen before who are apparently all from Kip's church. (laughs) Yes, it's a cult, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And they're not finding anything. Well, they're finding some things. I mean, one of his um, fellow archaeologists maybe finds a squid skeleton, which would be quite a find, except it's only something like a tibia, which he's like, oh, it's got to be at least a skull or it's not interesting. And I think they just kept yeah. finding other random things, like Carlos found a Russian submarine under the sand. He just kind of rolled his eyes and said, another one of these. That's a call. That's quite That's a, a callback. Call oh, right yeah. There. Oh, my goodness. So Kip's awfully disappointed, but then Carlos is walking towards him to give him some, I don't know, consolation and maybe teach him a good new name if he has to run and change his identity. And then Carlos trips over a cable, but it turns out it's a tripwire, which the ground suddenly rumbles and opens up, and it's this 30-meter cube that just rises out of the ground. Yep. And before we go on to more of that, we need to do the community calendar. Yay! Yay. So Friday is um, a cooking class at Big Rico's Pizza. And as far as I can tell, it's how to mix up all of the ingredients and then throw it on a paper plate. So I don't think baking is involved in any part of this, which I think the raw food movement is still like a thing. So maybe people would get behind that. Sure, sure. And Big Rico's never wanted to do things the way everybody else does it. So 
On Saturday, we have a knife show, and Tamika actually invited Cecil to this one uh, to help her sort of maybe wrangle the strange boy that she's been taking care of. The boy wants to go. A knife show isn't a real great place for a boy, but Tamika's probably not going to be able to stop him if he really wants to go, so Cecil may come along to help out with that. And Cecil says that there are all kinds of knives, you know, every single kind of switchblade or cooking knife or shards of glass, so which I'm like, that actually sounds like it'd be interesting. Yeah, I'd go there. And then Monday, uh, it is a very critically important day, and the government would like us to know that under no circumstances should you... Oh, wait, hang on. Breaking news from the museum. (laughs) So they have determined that they have found the tomb of the ancestors, and they know this because they found a secret door, and they walked inside, and there's a great big sign that says, this is the tomb of the ancestors, which Harrison Kipp announces everybody, I believe we have found, and a long dramatic pause, the tomb of the ancestors. (laughs) (laughs) So legend says that in 1831, the founders of Night Vale sealed themselves into the tomb. And there were some dead bodies, but most of them, I think, were still alive. Apparently, I think the final words before they sealed the tomb were, wait, don't close the door, I have to pee. And that's why that's on all of the money in Night Vale. I thought, well, that's hilarious. (laughs) That's a fan art moment right there. I wanted to see some Night Vale money with that. Mm -hmm. There is also a lot of traps protecting everything, but the scientists managed to survive those. And they found the mummified remains, uh, all wearing their soft meat crowns, as you would in Night Vale, and a big sign that says, all who disturb this grave will be cursed, which Carlos pointed out to Kip, and Kip's like, oh, Wow, good call, man. Uh, Can you help me load these bodies into the truck? (laughs) So we go from there to the traffic report, and there are apparitions floating everywhere, and they all seem to be coming from this giant hole in the sand wastes. And Mm -hmm. yeah, okay, so if you look directly at these apparitions, Basically, you get liquefied. You just get killed in a horrible, horrible manner. But that doesn't stop Cecil when he notices the apparitions floating outside. He's like, okay, I, I can't look at them directly, but they're surprisingly beautiful. But I have to wonder, you know, Cecil's idea of beauty is going to be different from everybody else. So I'm wondering if it's going to be like those like horrible skull-like things floating around, killing everybody in the end of um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, that's the, definitely the flavor that I got from that when he's describing them. <laughs> so... The apparitions are currently swirling all over the Natural History Museum, and Cecil's going to go cover that. And while he goes to cover that, he's going to send us to the weather. So we go to the weather. Very breathy vocals in this one, I thought. Yeah, I was taking some notes. It is Interference by Ellie Shante, I think it is. Now, I think you and Nathan were the ones who first sent me the link to the YouTube channel Todd in the Shadows. I can't remember that. What one was that one? Well, he actually does the other show called Train Records. Oh, where yeah. He takes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Todd in the Shadows has done the top 10 worst hits of the year. Anything that made it into the big hit list on the radio, he picks the 10 that he hates the absolute most. He didn't do one last year. He'd been talking about the fact that maybe it was just too negative. And I'm thinking, oh, man, but they're so fun. It's such a fun concept. Just, I mean, it's like candy to me to hear somebody pick apart something like that. Which is terrible. It's really mean. I mean, he is just, he no holds barred. He goes after these people. 
I still just think it's so fun. But he talks a lot about studios finding some trending singer and wanting to make all of their singers sound like it. And he hates it when they do that. And he hates the trend of people trying to find the next Billie Eilish because she has a very breathy voice, though I love her voice. And he had some particular hate for Tate McRae, I guess. She does the song You Broke Me First. Mm -hmm. And he just, oh, he's like, You've got to stop trying to be Billy Idol. Just do your own thing. I would like to hear what he thinks about her other song that we like, which is 1035. Oh, yeah. I love that one. Oh, that's a great one. I looked all over his channel. I did, maybe that redeems her because he's perfectly fine with poppy songs. He just has certain snobby tendencies and he really hates the breathy things. But that's all the while the song was playing. I was thinking Todd in the shadows would hate this. <laughs> so we come back from the weather. And first of all, the new exhibit was awesome. And Cecil went and because he's got his special press pass, which is a card stuck in the brim of his hat that says press. He got in early, except everybody had to be blindfolded because the museum curator did not want anybody to be melted because the insurance is just a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. The curator, the head curator is Tommy Two Thumbs. (laughs) (laughs) So the exhibit was taking everybody blindfolded past everything and just telling them about it like, this is a casket, this is a treasure chest, and there was a journal that they read allowed from and Cecil was really really impressed with all this I'm like oh god really but also the apparitions are all swirling around which Cecil thinks they even sound beautiful but they're just completely surrounding Harrison Kip and Tommy Two Thumbs and all of the museum employees and Cecil's like getting ready to take his blindfold off because they just sound so beautiful and Harrison stops him and just we can't do that because you know knowledge will kill you so but don't worry he knows what to do. And then he leaves. Mm-hmm. Cecil's thinking he's run out on them. What are they going to do? And then there's this crash and Kip drives his truck into the museum, crashes through the walls and gets everybody to load all the caskets and all the bodies onto the truck. And Cecil jumps into the passenger seat behind him and everybody else follows along after as they speed to the sand wastes. And they manage to get to the tomb and they just chuck all of the bodies back into the limestone cube and it sinks down into the ground. And some of the apparatus were late and they didn't get there in time so now they're stuck in Nightfell. but it's fine there's only like three of them I'm like three apparitions that will melt you if you look at them well that's Nightvale for you I was just going to say it's not the most dangerous thing we've seen in Nightvale. no before. it's, it's up there but it's not the most dangerous so Harrison Kip is reunited with his family they're all very happy they're going to go on a vacation together and then he's going to go back to work at the museum and I'm thinking why <laughs> his next plan is he's going to search for the Holy Grail he's pretty sure it's in his neighbor's backyard so it shouldn't take long and that was it that was it I did like mm-hmm. the, uh, the intro of the episode where Cecil talked about the crisp fall air, the crunchy fall air. Love that hard crust on the fall air. <laughs> <laughs> has it gotten cold in North Carolina Yes, yet? it has. It's gotten chilly here in San Diego. Yep, it is, it is down to the 40s during the daytime, Whoa. so pretty chilly. Wow. Yep, nice. So that's it for Night Vale. We didn't have a lot else to talk about. I did watch the first four episodes of the final season of The Crown. Have oh. you seen any of that yet? No, is this, they, they're, they're actually agreeing this going to be the final season? Yes, yes. It's over all of the ads for the new series. They keep saying final season, final season. And I watched the first four episodes because Netflix is releasing it in two parts, which I think is probably pretty smart. I think the next part will come out midway through December. And I liked them. I thought they were good. 
I'm curious to see what you think. I'm curious as to what Hannah thinks. There's a storytelling device they use in the fourth episode that I'm not 100% behind. Okay, so... Yeah, spoilers. Is it a ghost? No, but I'm going to say it's sort of related to that idea. And having done that, then they didn't take it into a place that I thought would have made it even more entertaining, but that's fine. It's, um, yeah, no, it's really, it's very well done. And it's just so fascinating because growing up, I mean, we grew up seeing Princess Diana get married to Charles and we knew when she died, but everything about the end of their marriage and how he was shacking up with Camilla this entire time. I don't know if it's because we're American or we just didn't care, but I knew about none of that. No, I had no idea. I mean, I remember hearing about the fact that he was in love with somebody else after they split up, but I hadn't realized that he basically never stopped shacking up with Camilla after he got married. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just so weird. But yeah, and I think the woman who plays Diana does an especially good job. Every once in a while, I think... She really leans into certain gestures and certain facial expressions that I guess Diana would have made. And sometimes it makes things a little, maybe just a little bit cartoonish, but not to the point where it really, really bugged me. But I think they did a good job. I just think it's interesting, that storytelling trope. Anyway, when you watch it, we'll talk more. Okay, yes. Well, I watched the uh, A24 movie X this week. Ooh. And it's a horror movie. And it's... I still haven't figured out what the whole point was. I mean, I thought it was interesting. And it's almost like they wanted to make a old-timey slasher movie set in the 1970s. But, like, what if you made a slasher movie, but it was done really well? (laughs) That kind of thing. Like, the acting is good. It's an A24 movie, so the cinematography is just amazing. But it's just, you know, you get to the end of it, and you're like, I may need to watch that again to see what exactly the point was. Other than the fact that... I mean, so much eye candy. And it's about a bunch of filmmakers that are going to this barn out in the middle of nowhere to film a porno. So there's a lot of sex. Okay. I wonder if, is there, it's so funny how trends work because the episode of the most recent season of Black Mirror that I enjoyed the most Mm -hmm. was either late 60s, early 70s, and I really enjoyed it. And then the episode of Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities that I enjoyed the most was definitely 1970s. That's the one that was so bonkers and stupid it went all the way back around to being cool again. (laughs) So this whole resurgence of 1970s stuff, am I just noticing something just because I'm noticing it, or is there an actual trend? There might be an actual trend. I remember hearing that the popular decade is the one, not the previous decade, but the one before that, which hmm. right now would be the early 2000s, I guess. Yeah. So which that, I'm hearing now called the aughts. The aughts, I yeah. I, I like that. That's. I mean, I don't know what else you would call it, the double zeros or something, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I... You're right. I am seeing more 1970s stuff. Maybe we've gotten far enough away from it that people are looking back on it with more nostalgia. I mean, maybe we're like next decade, we'll see that happening with the 80s and it'll be something other than god awful hairstyles and neon. Maybe, yeah, because certainly Stranger Things brought back the 80s love in a big, big God, yeah. We were talking about that at work, about um, the 90s and how it was the grunge era. And I I just fixated this idea that the 90s were kind of like the hangover from the 80s. Like, you wake up in 1990 and say, oh my God, what did I do last decade? I'm never wearing neon colors again. (laughs) Seriously. Now it's all flannel, but yeah. 
Yeah, I'd be curious to see what the flavor of the 2000s is. I think we're, we're so close to it. It doesn't, it seems very much, I don't know, it seems like now, kind of, but I'm sure in a few decades, we're going to look back and go, oh, wow, that's a real aughts kind of fashion. Isn't yeah, because I'm only just now like grasping hold of what the 90s were actually like, because when that was, mm. people were talking about the style of the 90s, I was like, was there a style? It feels like it was yeah. just kind of like now, but but I'm I'm yeah. still got that feeling about 1980 was 20 years ago, not 43. Oh, yes. Uh, oh man, all these people who are saying, oh yeah, the 90s, the late 1900s. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, then yeah, having people talk about you know the utter crushing feeling of being carded and holding out their driver's license and the person just glancing at it really fast and looking away. And it's because they saw the 19 on there, which means that automatically they're old enough to drink. Like, oh, my bones just turned to dust. God. Speaking of which, my arm feels a bit better. Good. Yes. Recovering from a broken bone. But yeah, and that reminds me, I I don't know if we mentioned in this podcast, but I remember several weeks ago, I was hiking in this one canyon near where I live. I'm heading down. There's these other people come up. And at one point I do that thing where my foot comes down on a slick root or a bit of dirt or whatever, and your foot just kind of scuffs out from under you a bit. Well, all of these people coming up, like they kind of like rushed at me like, oh, and I told Wade later, it's their whole expression was saying, the little middle-aged lady's going to hurt herself. And I thought, hey, uh, oh. <laughs> and then several months later, I broke my arm. Broke, so was it was it the same trail that you broke your arm no, on? No, thank there? God. No, no, no. Because no, no. I'd be I was, telling you to stay away. That that was a warning shot yeah, there. No, that's funny. It's funny that I was at a party the other week and I was telling the friend that I'd been on a trail and I had fallen and broken my arm. And so now I'm thinking, I don't know, am I not going to be able to run anymore? She said, maybe don't run on trails. And I said, that too. So Because yes. Nathan has actually mentioned that, the idea that, you know, because I had said that you had talked to a friend who does parkour classes and one of the things yes. they teach you is how to fall, which I yes. said would be great. And Nathan said, or she can find herself a like running track where it's nice and level and nothing to trip over. That would be it. Too. My friend John is always saying, maybe a stationary bike for you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> just a lot of bubble wrap. We've talked about making yeah. a bubble wrap shirt for dad. Maybe we just need to make everybody a, oh God, do one of those tacky Christmas photos where everybody's wearing the same <gasps> thing, but it's all just bubble wrap uh, jackets. Oh my God. I'm at least going to have to take a picture with dad this Christmas and we're both going to be wrapped in bubble in wrap. Bubble wrap. So. Yes, we could do that. Just... <laughs> we can make that happen. <sighs> Anyway, the other thing we wanted to mention is, as of time of this recording, we have five days left of the Dragonfall Drawing Challenge. Every single year, I ask, why do I do this to myself? Just, It's just a little doodle. It's just like colored pencils. That's all it is. Why is that such a, like, a drain on my brain to try to get one done every single day? And then 11 months from now, guaranteed, I will just come across a drawing challenge and think, oh, this is so whimsical. I'll definitely enjoy doing this. Oh, man alive. Yeah. it's And it's fun. And every time I get the picture done, that's when it's the greatest because the picture's done. You get the picture, you put it on Instagram, you wait to see if anybody likes it. That's amazing. And then 24 hours later, you do it again. You oh, do it again. Oh, God. Yeah. At time this episode drops is actually the final day. So we will put a link in the episode description for that. But if you look up hashtag Dragonfall Drawing Challenge, we had to use that hashtag because Dragonfall is actually a video game and we were getting scooped into their posts. Oh, yes. Which I haven't 
really seen a whole lot going there, so maybe that's not a thing anymore. Mm, I don't know, but yeah. And if anybody wants to join in, I don't know, on the very last day or go back. I mean, it's there's no deadline. Do any of the ones. We'd yes. love to see people's dragon drawings according to any prompt that you like. That would be so fun. Because we've had at least two, maybe three other people joining in at various mm. times, but right now it's just us. It'll catch on one of these days. Oh, sure. Yeah. There's Ed Ed. Ed No Soul, he actually does custom shoe drawings. Now. Oh yeah, I, I love those Instagram. things. Yeah, he's great stuff. He joined in one year. Alex DeHekishan joined in one year. He takes pictures for us at Comic Con. Leland joined in once year, but Leland just got done with thirty days of Halloween drawings. I'm sure he was thinking, "Oh no, do not feel like it." Yeah, that could be it. Because wait a minute, did they did um uh, Inktober did that get canceled somehow? It was like there was somebody was coordinating it who was maybe using pictures without permission, something like that. I don't know. There was an Inktober going on this year, but it's, I had not realized that they actually knew who originally created it. And I want to say it might've been one of the original creators who got canceled. I don't know. I looked into it. I didn't see it. I was more bummed out that the lost light challenge, which is the transformers version of the inktober uh, prompt. It just didn't go on this year. I don't, I guess they got tired. I don't know. Yeah. I guess we're kind of far away from when lost light was a thing. So, and IDW is not even going to have transformers going ahead. Are they? It's moving to another company. I want to say Skybound has two or three issues out of the new Transformers, and I haven't read any of them because mm. I am just tired. Yeah, just. yeah. <laughs> You've got to take a little bit of a breather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really probably should watch that Rise of the Beasts and everything. Boy, everybody is shipping Mirage and that one guy who was in in the Heights. It's I think it was him or maybe another guy. I can't remember. I'm just terrible. But anyway, yeah, there's currently like some people ship Charlie and Bumblebee and other people are shipping Mirage and this guy. And I thought, well, the God, this is a terrible term, robo fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they're out in force at this point. But anyway, oh, yeah, so the only mm-hmm. other thing I can think of is that Disney Plus now has Doctor Who, and they've got the latest Doctor Who episodes going to be streaming with David Tennant. And oh. I might have to check it out. I mean, oh. Doctor Who is another one of those things that I kind of got tired after a while. But come on, David Tennant. Wow. Are they are they going to have all the Doctor Who? Because then I could actually catch up on Jody's. They Doctor might Who? actually. I keep seeing articles about how the longest running TV sci-fi series is now streaming for free, but free could mean like if you have a Disney Plus membership. So we we yeah. possibly could have looked this up ahead of time. But why would we prepare? Nah, nah, that's that ain't us. But I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week, so make sure to check out PixelatedGeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries, getting closer to designer con. Oh, yes. I'm looking forward to the pictures on that. And other than that, Hugh's been going crazy with the movie reviews. You can go and check out the new Scott Pilgrim animated series he reviewed. And he also reviewed the new Disney movie Wish. And he gave both of them A's. But this is Hugh. He likes everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which is okay. I would rather have that than somebody who takes pleasure in crapping on things. I know we talked about how Todd in the Shadows is hilarious. But (laughs) I like things to be just a little more positive when we can do it. You and I haven't had a need to do a crap fest no, while, not for a while, actually. I we Maybe it worked <laughs> where we were going to get all our negative energy out of the way, and that actually helped. Could have helped. Anyway, all that and more at pixelatedgeek.com. So next week, we'll be back to our regular schedule of Laura Olympus. Ooh. We will read both the newest 
episode that has been released for free. And then we will also review the next issue, which will be a fast past episode. So we will put in all the spoiler warnings. Can't wait. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. Oh my goodness, it's going to be so good. But one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. Bye.